to our Market Outlook webcast. I'm Suma Nair, Chief Fiduciary Officer at Fiduciary Trust Company. In today's discussion, our Chief Investment Officer, Hans Olsen, will help you stay informed by sharing our latest views on the global economy and financial markets, including how the conflict in the Middle East may impact them. Sid Queller, Head of Wealth Management at Fiduciary Trust, will join the discussion with Hans and raise questions that are on the minds of many of our clients. Over to you, Sid, to begin. Thank you, Suma. It's great to be here today with Hans. How are you, sir? Good to see you, Sid. Good to see you as always. It's been quite a third quarter. Yes. A lot of turbulence in the market um, and a lot of questions that surround three areas, mainly from our clients over the quarter, as I'm sure you know. Um, first, we're hearing a lot of questions about um, inflation. Mm -hmm. uh, next, interest rates. And then finally, the possibility of a recession. Yeah. Probably all three three things. The big, uh, the big three. The big three, yeah. exactly. But first, we, before we jump into that, be interested to uh, hear your thoughts on the state of the financial markets today. Yeah, well, Sid, you know, what was so interesting about the quarter that we just put into the books uh, was that it was a reversal of the first half of the year. Um, markets were broadly down. Large cap, small cap in the United States, international names, um, uh, even emerging markets. The only thing that was up during the quarter uh, was short duration uh, fixed income and cash. And cash now at five plus percent, giving you a real rate of return, not so bad. Not at all. Yeah. Um, seems to be top of mind just recently since um, this weekend that um, oil has come to the forefront with um, what's going on in the Middle East. and. Yeah be great if you could give some historic perspective on uh, oil and how it reacts in times of uncertainty, um, including war. Right. Well, you know, it, 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 in the early days of conflict, especially in the Middle East, what we see is a, a spike in the price of oil. Mm. And then that spike oftentimes doesn't ter uh, tend to be durable. Mm. So it, it tends to, to revert back to the more quotidian aspects of its price determinant, which is supply and demand. Mm. At this juncture, um, we haven't seen any material uh, durable spike in the price. Uh, that said, you know, prices were moving to begin with because of supply and demand issues. Um, I guess our only worry would be, Sid, that if this, if this, um, the horrible events there um, bleed out into the rest of the region, um, you know, for greater involvement, that would have a, a real negative impact on the price of oil um, on the supply side. Sure. Um, but so far, uh, fingers crossed, yeah. that hasn't happened. And hopefully it won't. Yeah, let's hope that's not the case. Um, with war comes inflation generally, yeah. right? Um, and we've seen a, a pretty big spike in inflation 2021, which has, to some indicators, has subsided a little bit. Yep. Um, what's, your, what's your view on the inflation picture today? Well, the, the fight with inflation is not over. Mm -hmm. It's not just an American phenomenon. It's a, an international phenomenon. It had certainly in the developed world. You see it in the UK, you see it in Europe, through the Eurozone, you see it in Japan. Um, so it, it's a global phenomenon. Sure. It's not done. Um, by my count, we are into roughly year four of inflation heading in the wrong direction or at the wrong level. And it seems to me that what central bankers, because now, you know, when you talk about inflation, trying to arrest inflation, um, it, you then quickly come into the, you know, interest rates. And when you talk about interest rates, you talk about um, what the central bank will or will not do. And there was a hope in, in this earlier this year that we would see, you know, a, a policy pivot. Uh -huh. 
that interest rate, the Federal Reserve would stop raising interest rates. And indeed, we could start cutting interest rates. That's completely off the table right now. The economy is way too strong. Uh, these pressures haven't abated uh, material enough. And we are not really close to getting back to that 2% level. The hard work has yet to be done. Um, so for that reason, uh, you know, I think and if we look back, when we were writing the outlook, we, we looked at the 1970s uh, episode because that's what everybody talks about. Sure. That was the most destructive time and, and, and the last time that we've had about inflation. And what we found is that then, you know, that episode, the 70s inflation started the, 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 the latter 1960s and ran through the, 19, uh, the early 1980s. This period of inflation started really, if you, if you dial it back, probably 2014, and if you overlay those two time periods, mm -hmm. what you saw is, is, a, is a path of inflation then and now that looks remarkably similar. And in fact, we've had the first peak like we did in the mid-70s, and what it seems to me the central bank is, is really um, focused on is not letting that second peak uh, uh, form now oh, as man. it did in the late 1970s. And so for that reason, and that reason alone, this hope that we'll see a policy pivot, some sort of softening of language, uh, or actually cutting interest rates remains pretty slim. So you'd be in the camp of higher for longer? Higher for longer, without a doubt, without a doubt. Even before we get into talking about all the debt that needs to be refinanced, mm -hmm. all the new debt that's going to be put onto the economy, and how who buys that and at what price. So I think this higher for longer um, idea uh, has a lot of currency, so to speak. So as it relates to in interest rates, um, which we've seen a dramatic increase over the past 18 months, yeah. um, how do you see that impacting the individual investor and then the overall economy? Yeah. I mean, that increase that we've seen over the last 18 months, I think you have to pause for a second. Sure. 20-fold increase, mm -hmm. right? In More than a 20-fold increase in the price of money over the last uh, 18 months, which is utterly remarkable. I can't think of another time in the data uh, where we've seen that type of, of, of move over that type of, over that such a short period. And so we now have short-term interest rates higher than long-term interest rates. Mm -hmm. That's another word for an inverted, inverted yield curve. curve sure. And it's been inverted now for some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that has always historically presaged, uh, you know, a, a slowdown in economic activity. I think the what the, the bit that people have, uh, overlook is it's not the inverted yield curve necessarily, but it's when the yield curve starts to re reestablish its normal shape that is when recession unfolds. Now, where are we right now? Mm -hmm. We still have an inverted yield curve, sure. but that curve has started to move up. And whenever that's happened in the past, you know, typically you, you get a recession at some point over the next 12 months or so. Mm -hmm. And that looks like it's trying to establish itself right now. Interesting. So so recession is obviously on the tips of everybody's tongue, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, as you look at our economy, um, what are the factors that might lead us towards a recession? Well, the factors that lead you to a recession is a general slowdown in overall economic activity. Um, sort of recessing, uh, a, a slowing of things like um, retail sales oh, and, and investment, things like that. We really haven't seen that generalized slowdown in economic activity yet. Um, everything that we look at suggests that the economy is, in fact, still growing. And in this quarter, will grow, uh, according to some of the uh, uh, now casting engines, somewhere between 2 and 5%. 
So this is not a uh, recession is not a problem for 2023. Um, it's it's more likely uh, 2024 or possibly later. You know, we wrote in the outlook, Sid, that, you know, recessions don't happen when employment is growing. Mm -hmm. Right. And in the first two months of the third quarter, we put up another 400,000 jobs. Um, I think, you know, if we look back at uh, September's numbers, that was also a, a strong number, although that never escapes me at the moment. You don't have recessions unless you have a rise in unemployment. We haven't had a rise in joblessness at this juncture. So thankfully, recession is a concern literally for another year. Mm -hmm. A lot of uncertainty out there. Yeah. So with the uncertainty, how are we positioning client portfolios? And how do you think about the next quarter, the next year um, when p positioning client portfolios? Yeah. When you when you think when we're thinking about um, portfolio construction, how do we position for this environment? A lot of what we've done this year, we did earlier in the year in anticipation of, of some of what we're seeing right now. We thought that it would take longer for uh, inflation to, to to get arrested, right? We thought it, it would the central bank would be slower. It wouldn't. We wouldn't see any policy pivots. So, with that all in mind, um, you know, we had kept our duration very short, which has helped us. Uh, considerably. Uh, we looked for a yield where we could get it uh, through through sort of more um, esoteric markets, through sort of the um, non-agency RMDS markets. Sure. That's given us really um, a nice carry or, or income uh, component. We raised our cash levels. We doubled cash levels um, in anticipation of, of a market drawdown, some of which we've seen. I'm not convinced that we've seen all of it. But with cash earning five percentage points, uh, you know, 200 basis points over, I think, the, 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 the trailing 12-month inflation, we're getting a real rate of return on cash. It's the ultimate hedge against uncertainty. And now we're actually, you know, creating purchasing power rather than dissipating sure. it for having it. So those are the things we've also been underweight U.S. equities and uh, underweight international equities. So we've tried to take our risk down in, in light of this uncertainty. We are looking for opportunities to put it back to work. Um, what we would like to do is to, to see um, some of this uncertainty get priced into markets. It really hasn't happened yet. I think uh, peak to trough this year, we've only managed a drawdown of about eight or nine percent. Given you know everything that's going on, a number closer to fifteen would not surprise us sure. at all. Um, so those are the types of things that we're looking at. But our posture is is decidedly cautious, but we have enough money in the market that we're participating very nicely, should it continue to rise. Sure, and that must have worked out well for us in, in, in the third quarter of this year. It, it did. We, we actually had our best quarter of the year, uh, perhaps in the most conservatively postured way, relative to our benchmarks. We had nice uh, outperformance during the quarter, uh, and that was a function of our portfolio positioning and our manager selection. Any surprises you see in the future for 2024? For 2024, surprises. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think there are several things on the horizon that we need to keep uh, laser-like focus. Um, some are easily seen, others not so. The one that's probably easier seen and it's coming at us is the amount of government debt we're putting on. So we're running these enormous deficits, right? In order to fund these deficits, you have to issue debt. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, we're at, I think right now, we're about 32, 33 trillion dollars of gross debt in the economy. So that's, you know, uh, 
about one and a half times the size of the economy, 1.4 times the size of the economy, we have debt sitting on top of it. And if you look at what the plans are for more debt to be put on, uh, it, it, it basically uh, is on track to be um, really unsustainable. Already right now, according to data from the, um, I guess the OECD, we spend now more on servicing our debt than we do on our defense, which is a kind of a tough place to be at the moment. No but it is instructive to just see, to, to, to sort of gauge how much and how expensive all this debt is to carry. I think that is going to, inter, there's going to be an intersection around sort of the, the, the fiscal responsibility, monetary policy, and politics around that uh, in the next six to 12 months that uh, will put that into very sharp relief. The other thing harder to see is in the private markets. The IPO market now has been shut for the most part for more than a year. Private equity firms, you know, they're looking to return capital to their LPs. Um, that's going to have an impact. Um, the, the, the debt that was underwritten a few years ago will start to come due in some of these uh, transactions. That could be problematic. So as we look forward, both the quantum of the debt, where the debt was, how the debt's going to roll, are all things that could cause some, some real headwinds for us. So even if we, we escape 2023, as expected we will, without um, uh, a recession, I think that's, we can say that pretty confidently at this juncture. 2024, you know, all the expectations for strong earnings in 2024, um, credit markets not pricing risk the way they should right now, like if you look at yield spreads and the like, I think there's the, the, the possibility and indeed the probability of some, some unsettling surprises next year. Very well said. Hans, thank you again for those thoughtful insights. My pleasure, Sid. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. I'm hoping that you found Hans's insights and observations as helpful and thoughtful as I did. And now back to Suma. I'd also like to express appreciation to our audience for joining us. We hope that you found the discussion useful. We are experiencing uncertainty in the economy and markets. Remember that at Fiduciary Trust, we have extensive wealth planning, investment, trust, tax, and other expertise to help you navigate through it and achieve your goals. I encourage you to access some of our knowledge through insights on our website at fidtrustco.com, as well as by reaching out to your Fiduciary Trust officer or to Sid Queller at 617-292-6799 or queller at fiduciary-trust.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we wish you and your family health and well-being. The opinions expressed in this material are as of the date issued and subject to change at any time. They discuss general market conditions and trends and should not be construed as investment advice. Any reference to specific securities are for illustrative purposes only and are not intended to be and should not be interpreted as recommendations to purchase or sell such securities. Nothing contained herein is intended to constitute investment, legal, tax, or accounting advice and you should discuss any proposed arrangement or transaction with your investment, legal, or tax advisor. Copyright Fiduciary Trust Company.